Well, good morning, everybody, and a very happy Mothering Sunday, especially to all mums. You can probably see some daffodils behind me. As I look down the church, I can see loads of daffodils that we'd ordered to give out to all the mums today. Uh, the church is going to be open for prayer this afternoon, and we'll be encouraging any of you that come to take a bunch or two home and give them to a neighbour or keep them or give them to your mum, whoever. Uh, it's been quite a week since Boris Johnson first made that broadcast on Monday evening and everything has changed daily since then and we're having to get used to doing things very differently. But as I said on Tuesday night, the church is not closing, we are simply changing how we operate. Uh, there are three things that stay the same even though our services aren't happening. We're continuing to trust the Lord and not give in to fear. We want to serve each other and let that overflow to others in need. Uh, and we keep on praying. Today has been called a National Day of Prayer. And I want to say something briefly about those things. Choosing to trust the Lord rather than giving in to fear, serving others, and then for our National Day of Prayer. So first of all then, how can we keep on trusting in the Lord when all around us there is so much fear and panic uh, if we watch too much of the news, our hearts can get weighed down by the enormity of what's going on. I've been meditating on Psalm 23 quite a lot this week, and I want to read it to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it won't surprise you that there are three verses of that psalm that I particularly want to highlight. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing, or I shall not be in want. All around us there is so much concern about whether we're going to run out of our necessities, whether our, the food we need will be there, whether the toilet rolls will ever come back onto the supermarket shelves. Uh, there's been mass panic buying. Uh, we know there's enough out there for everybody, but people are worried, they're frightened. Their fear is turning to panic. But this verse reminds us that the Lord is our shepherd and he has promised that we will have everything that we need. So I want to encourage you, if you're at all worried about whether you will have what you need, to look up to the Lord, to meditate on the fact that he is your shepherd. Uh, even more than that, Jesus said that the Lord who is our shepherd is our father, who loves us with a love greater than any father or any mother, particularly on Mother's Day, has ever had for any of their children. You might like to read the end of Matthew 6, where Jesus talks about trusting our Heavenly Father, who loves us and knows our needs, about seeking first his kingdom, and he will make sure that our needs are provided. Uh, many of you will know that one of my heroes is Hudson Taylor, uh, the missionary who pioneered inland mission into China and led, in a sense, planted the seeds, if you like, for the great revival in China that goes on to this day. When the mission was uh, growing large and they had very limited supplies, he was very at peace and one of his staff members asked him how he could trust the Lord so easily when there didn't seem to be enough to go around. And Hudson Taylor said, I'm a father, I have children, 
I've not yet forgotten that they need three meals a day, and I cannot believe that my Heavenly Father is more forgetful than me. And sure enough, the whole story of his life and that mission is one of God providing needs as they were needed. And of course, one of the ways those needs are provided is through each other. For those of us who are able to get out and about, uh, we are able to meet the needs of those who aren't. But if you are self-isolating, please let us know. Uh, you can phone the church office or email or someone you know in the church. We will make sure that you have what you need as far as it's down to us. But we can trust our Heavenly Father to make sure that you have everything you need. The second verse I want to highlight is verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Of course, many who are older or have underlying health conditions will be particularly worried about catching the virus, or others will be concerned for their relatives. In this psalm we read that even when we walk through the darkest valley, we need fear no evil, for God, for you are with us. And while you may need to self-isolate physically, you certainly don't need to isolate your soul. God is with you where you are. Uh, Jesus is known as Emmanuel. God is with us. He promised at the end of Matthew's Gospel, I will be with you always. And while the coronavirus has spread its dark shadow all around the world, and this is a dark valley we're walking through, we, we, we need fear no evil, for the Lord is with us. He is our shepherd, he's our father, he loves us, he loves you, he knows you by name, he knows your need, and he promises to walk every step of this dark valley with you, every step of the way. You may be self-isolating, but you are not alone. The Lord is with you. And the other thing about this valley is that we walk through it. Uh, it comes to an end. What we know about the spread of epidemics is that they grow, they peak, and then that peak declines. Uh, this will come to pass. Juliet often says when we're facing difficulty, uh, those verses in the Bible, particularly the old translations, and it came to pass, and it came to pass. This too will come to pass. It doesn't come to stay, it comes to pass. Uh, Rick Warren's preached about that very well. You can see that online uh, if you Google Rick Warren at Saddleback, a superb message for the church worldwide. And so we need to look beyond uh, to what will uh, happen afterwards, what will happen long term. I want to direct you to verse 6 of our psalm. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord walks through us with his love every step of the way, uh, but ultimately all of us will die, uh, and there is this great promise of eternity with our good shepherd, our heavenly father, in the glorious new heaven and new earth that God is preparing for us. And so I want to encourage you to lift your eyes to the Lord and to eternity, to the things that do not change. Uh, when St Paul was facing difficult times, uh, he encouraged the church in Corinth to look up to what is permanent, what is eternal. Let me read to you from the end of 2 Corinthians 4, which is a great chapter to meditate on if you're at all struggling. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4 from verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, 
but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So please encourage each other to keep choosing faith over fear, to keep looking up to the Lord. Maybe if your heart is heavy after you've seen the evening news, you might like to come back to Psalm 23 before you go to sleep. Let's feed our minds with truth uh, and remind ourselves that God loves us and is with us every step of the way. Uh, Slightly more briefly, a word about serving each other and serving others. As we keep on saying, church is not closing, but it is changing. Uh, I'm so pleased that so many of you are well linked into small groups uh, and larger groups like Mirth and Cameo and Oasis, uh, the midweek service, and that there are many WhatsApp groups linking different people together to keep an eye out for each other. If we can't meet together physically, then we can meet together over the internet. Uh, Not only have I learned how to do a live broadcast to you as a church, I had my first internet meeting by Zoom uh, this week. I met with the church wardens, Roger and Carolyn, and with Andrew, our treasurer. Wasn't quite sure how it would go, but we had a good meeting and we were able to pray with each other uh, using the amazing tool that is Zoom. And even if you can't meet in small groups, or even sometimes in threes and fours, you can meet virtually with each other and pray for each other. Uh, It really works. If I can do it, then I'm sure most of you can as well. But we know that not everybody is linked into a small group yet, and some small groups are quite far-flung geographically. So one of the things we're going to do this week is to link each other up locally with people who live very close to you, just a short walk away. Many of you will know who each other are already, but some of you won't. So if you've given us your details for our church database, uh, and you've given permission for others to know those within the church, we'll still check GDPR compliance, we're going to let you know who from our church family lives close to you so that you can keep an eye out for each other. Perhaps walk around and say hello. Uh, Even if someone's self-isolating, you can wave through a window. Perhaps we can deliver things to each other. We want that to be an additional, as it were, of going through this together as a church, complementing our small groups so we can care for one another. And as I've said before, and I'll keep on saying, if you have more than you need, please contribute to our hardship fund. Uh, I've already given out from that this week and I anticipate giving out more over the weeks that lie ahead. So do keep on being generous there and to the food bank so we can bless those who are in most need in our community. And many of you, I know, have been contacting your neighbours, delivering cards uh, or chocolates or both with an offer to pray, to shop, to run errands, uh, to chat by phone for any who are self-isolating. If you haven't done that yet, can I encourage you to do that, to build relationships with those who are nearest? We don't know who is struggling behind their front door in silence, and your contact may be just the help they need. Finally, I want to talk about prayer. Today has been designated a National Day of Prayer by our Archbishops. I am so pleased about that. Uh, There have been many times I've wanted the Archbishops to call a National Day of Prayer at different times over my lifetime. I don't remember one. I know there were several during the Second World War, but I'm not sure we've had one since then. Archbishop Justin himself has led a service from his chapel in Lambeth Palace that you can watch. uh, If you Google Archbishop service, the details come up. You can download the service order and follow it through prayers, sermons and readings, focusing on Mothering Sunday and prayers for Uh, everyone affected by the coronavirus. And if you'd like to take part in a church service today, I commend that to you. 
Uh, in Jan's Friday email, we sent out some resources for you to use at home. Katie Train has written some for children and families, and we've forwarded to you the 24-7 prayers for the coronavirus epidemic and outbreak, and we commend those prayers to you. This afternoon, the church here at St Paul's will be open uh, from 3 till 6 for quiet prayer, uh, surrounded, as I said earlier, by daffodils, and you can take some earlier. Uh, please, will you bring your own Bible with you? We're putting away the church Bibles so they're not used by lots of different hands. You might want to bring your own water bottle with you. Uh, and as I'm speaking, it's a little chilly here. It seems our boiler has gone on holiday today, so you may well need to keep your coat on. But the sun is going to be shining and I think it won't be too cold. The church is open and you're welcome to come and pray. I'll be here the whole time and very happy to say hello to folks on the way in and on the way out. Then this evening, we are being encouraged at seven o'clock to light a candle and put it in our front windows. As you do that, pray that the light of Jesus would shine in your area and around the world. Adam has suggested that you might like to send him a photo of your candles. I'm not quite sure what he's going to do with them. We'll create some montage. But we are in this together, and this is another way of expressing that. You may like to walk around the streets near you and see who else has put a candle in their window. That may be a door you want to go and knock on and say hello to and connect with each other from different churches. All the churches in the country are being encouraged to follow this day of prayer and to put the candles in the window. And this could be not only a wonderful way of praying together, but demonstrating to our community that the church is alive and well and at prayer. But most of all, and this is the last thing I want to say, but perhaps the most important. Please will you pray that God works in this terrible time to turn our nation back to him. Uh, many of you will know the verse from 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. Uh, this comes at the high point of the Old Testament, really. The temple has been dedicated. Israel is doing well. King Solomon is on the throne. Israel is at peace. God has made himself known. But God says this to Solomon. I'll read 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. When I shut up the heavens so there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. I want, to, I want you to remind God of this promise, that we are all to pray, to turn from our sin. Some of us uh, have put too much trust in material things and not enough trust in the Lord. Some of us try and operate in our own strength and not trusting in the Lord. We need to humble ourselves and turn from our sin and cry to God for our nation. Uh, in this time, I'm sure the Lord is working, drawing people back to himself, calling them to him, calling them to lift their eyes above the very material things of this world to him, reminding us that we're not as strong as we think we are, that a tiny little virus can spread around the world and change everything. But God is great. He is our shepherd. He's our father. So let's cry out to him to turn our nation back to him. C.S. Lewis said that God whispers to us in our pleasures and he speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts at us through our suffering. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. 
Let's pray that through this time of suffering, God's voice is heard by our whole nation. Uh, we've been praying for a revival in this nation for many years. Who knows that it may just take a trigger like this virus to turn people back to him. So may God bless you. I'll lead in a prayer in just a moment uh, for the church uh, and for the nation and for you and for those most in need. But may God bless you as today is a day of prayer for our whole nation. Lord God, our Father, we lift our eyes to you above the crisis we find ourselves in. We thank you that you are our shepherd, our heavenly Father. We thank you that you promise to provide for our needs. We thank you that even though we walk through a dark valley, you are with us. We thank you that your love and mercy are with us every step of the way as we walk through this life until we're with you in eternity. We pray that you would help us to keep choosing faith over fear. We pray you'd give us grace to look out for each other. And we pray that you would pour your spirit down today as we pray together in this nation. We pray for our government for wisdom. We pray for our medics for skill and stamina. We pray for our scientists to find uh, a vaccine for this virus. We pray for those lives who've been devastated, who've lost their jobs, uh, for the self-employed who are worried about where their finance will come from. We pray for our church family, that you will keep us together as we look to you and look out for each other. And most of all today, we pray for our nation. Pour out your Holy Spirit on this nation and turn us back to you. Thank you that so many of the Christian values in this nation are clearly still alive and well. The acts of kindness, the looking out for each other. Thank you that these come from you. So will you, by your Spirit, cause people to lift their eyes, to pray, to ask for help, and we pray that this coronavirus season would mark a change in the spiritual tide of our nation. May the tide start to come in again, as it were, as you pour out your spirit. And as we pray this for our nation, we pray a special blessing on all our mothers today. Uh, will you bless each mother on this Mothering Sunday, whether they can see their children or not? For those for whom this is a difficult day because of painful memories of mothers, or because this is the first year of being bereaved. We pray for your blessing and your healing and your peace. And all these things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <laughs>